Praise God. Welcome to everyone tonight. If you're a guest, welcome. If you're watching us online, welcome. Pray that you're blessed by this service tonight. We are really excited this weekend. We have uh, Brother Timothy Lee's daughters and a young lady from their church, Adora, Abby, and Rachel. And we are really excited to have them in service with us. And uh, they'll be around through the weekend. And so um, if you get a chance to greet them, welcome them. Their parents will actually be with us the following weekend. So we are excited about that. Amen. You can, uh, you can be seated. I want to, if you can uh, please switch my iPad on, I would appreciate it. I, I want to... Uh, I want to kind of continue um, connected to last week, and then I feel some sort of direction to end on here this evening, and I realize we've already uh, done a lot of stuff and tried to break that up some, Brother Fowler, and reset everybody every every few minutes. So uh, but last week I, I shared with you, and some uh, requested the PowerPoint, you got that, and then sent it out by email the other day, and and I would encourage you, if you consider this your church, you're a part of this church, if you got that email, if it's not too late, I would encourage you to save that somewhere so that you have the opportunity from time to time to reference that and uh, use that for your, your own benefit. And so um, a, a big part of last Thursday night, those of you that were here, we talked about our, our guiding principles, mentioned a mission and vision, but spent the majority of time on on our guiding principles. And as I said last week, those are some things that we always want to be a part of what we are, who we are. Those are some characteristics and qualities and different things that no matter how long we continue to be here before the rapture, that those are some things you will always be able to see as a part of Antioch the Apostolic Church. We are all. We we will never perfect any of them. I'm sure. Always continue to strive to keep developing them, uh, but but they are a part. And so tonight, uh, the the thing I want to share uh, with you, and, and and again following this, I just have some something I just feel to communicate, kind of connected, but but uh, whatever. Um, several months back, uh, if I'm not mistaken, it. I believe what I'm about to share uh, started out of a conversation that I was in uh, with Bishop Wright, and he shared a couple of points with me, and then over the next little while, he began to, uh, everything I'm about to share here the next next little while is, is uh, he, he wrote it, we've shared this with the uh, elders, but I feel like it's important for you as a body I realize we got folks that are a part of us that aren't here tonight. Hopefully they'll catch up online. But I feel like this is important for us as a body to be aware of this, not just our leadership. I, 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 we, to the best of our ability, and, and uh, I am the first to know, acknowledge, happy to admit, I am far from perfect in any area and anything. The only thing I think I'm perfect at is being imperfect. That's about the only thing I've got down real good. Everything else is 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 at uh, a work in progress. And so, um, 
there is, there's no one, I don't think there's anyone, Bishop Down, that thinks we have arrived. The Apostle Paul said about himself individually, but I think it always applies to us as a body and ministry, corporately, individual ministries. He said, it's not as though I've already attained, or he said, I haven't apprehended that which I was apprehended for, meaning I'm still striving, I'm still reaching for something. And so, we're always striving and reaching. The, the problem is not our imperfections. The problem is when we become content with where we are and aren't willing to acknowledge our imperfections and our need to grow and improve and change. And so these, these are some things, are, are, uh, saying all of that, I'm mixing points in my head. The, to the best of our ability, we do what we do as a church, we, stru- we are structured the way we are structured as a church uh, in, in, in many areas to the best of our ability based on biblical principles. Uh, let's be honest, there's, to, to my knowledge, there is no place in the Bible where you, there, there's the description of what you do in a church service. We take some various elements and that's, what's, that's what we do a lot of times in church, but but that we are trying to the best of our ability to establish what we do off of principles of the Word of God. And so uh, what, what I'm about to, to share with you, this, the DNA of Antioch, was, is kind of uh, from the bishop, kind of the summary of what are some of the things that, that they're not just, they're not what we do, they're not just ministries that we have, but they really are a part of defining what we are and guiding what we are and what we do. So, again, the next several, all of this that I'm about to share, I'll tell you when we switch gears, but I am sharing with you from, from things that Bishop has written. Natural DNA is the blueprint of life, and it contains the biological information needed to construct and maintain a living organism. Its purpose is not only to control development, but also to pass down information. DNA determines and guides who we are and who we become. Like natural, my apologies if that's too small. Like natural DNA in human cells, the cells in the body of Christ, the church, receive their blueprint of life through spiritual DNA that functions under the direction of God's Spirit. God specifically designed this spiritual DNA to facilitate the proper growth, development, and maintenance of the church, which is His body here on earth. As individuals yet unified cells, as individual yet unified cells, all organs in the body must function in harmony with the objectives as expressed by the head, which is Christ. All that Christ is to the church has promised and provided for the church and desires to do through the church is expressed in the spiritual DNA that he purposed, planned, and implanted on his own, on, on his, on his own, his body. I think I'm not reading that properly there. The following principles constitute the elements of the spiritual DNA that God has revealed as his plan and purpose for Antioch and that he has instilled into and instituted within Antioch the apostolic church in order for Antioch's place in God's plan and purpose to be fulfilled. And let me, before I begin with these, and there are seven of these things that Bishop has defined, 
It's a part of our DNA. And, and I think what you're going to notice is a lot of different elements and pieces throughout the 40 plus year history of this church. I have said it several times, especially over the last year. I strongly believe that we are at a point in time in our church and, and, and where we are bringing together all of the different elements that God has given us and trying to get everything functioning in a, in a coordinated, uh, effort. There, there is, um, the, the, the human body has the ability uh, to, to run in an extremely graceful way, realize the average man doesn't want to be complimented as being graceful, but I can't think of a better word, but when you, when you see a, an Olympic runner especially that gets into stride on, a, on the track, whether it's uh, or especially in a sprint and they've reached their stride, it really is a graceful thing as every, every part of the body is functioning in coordination. It would be a bit distracting if every now and then just all of a sudden my hand would just start doing its own thing. That, that, that's, the, the, that's not the way the body functions. You ever get a twitch and you just wish it would go away? It just flares up and it, 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 that's not the way it's supposed to work. So I believe there, there's a lot of different things that we have tried throughout our history that, that we are at a point in time where God's purpose and plan right now is the bringing together of those things in a coordinated effort and way. And so I think there are several things throughout here you will, you will see that kind of fit into that. So number one, continuing steadfastly in following the apostles. Continuing steadfastly in faithfulness to the apostles' example includes... First and foremost, seeking to be like the apostles and do what they did. We believe that one cannot improve on what the apostles taught and practiced and on how they lived. Even if it was 2,000 plus years ago. Because it wasn't some man-made created organization. It was a God-created organism. There's a lot of things about the early church that functions way better than this church. I don't mean this local, I mean the church in the world today. Furthermore, following their example includes faithfulness to the apostles' doctrine as clearly established in the book of Acts, to the example set by the apostles' personal devotion in prayer and to the word, to a separated, holy, apostolic lifestyle, to the apostolic concepts of church structure and the ministry of and to the body and to the elements of apostolic ministry and the fivefold giftings. Faithfulness to all of these is strengthened and undergirded by and expressed in a free, freely flowing, frequently spontaneous move and flowing moving of the Spirit of God, specifically through demonstrative worship in conjunction with anointed ministry of the Word accompanied by a regular demonstration, manifestation of the gifts of the Spirit to the edification of the body. I also want to point out some of these things sound similar to some things we covered last week with our guiding principles. I guess if I could explain it this way, these, these are the underlying, undergirding things that help to produce or accomplish what our guiding principles are. Doctrine doesn't change. Our lifestyle doesn't change. The awesomeness of the Word of God 
is it's not limited to a specific culture, generation, time, whatever. It's based on principles that apply no matter the time, no matter the place, no matter the culture. And I don't care who comes, and I'm I'm talking to Antioch tonight, so I'm going to make it more about us. I don't care who comes and is a part of Antioch and who leaves Antioch. Them coming and going does not change the principles of the Word of God. Them coming and going does not change the doctrine that has been established in this church. And I can promise you, if you haven't experienced it, there's a good chance that, especially when some high-profile people live leave and get new revelations and get delivered from the bondage that you and I live under here at Antioch, if you're not careful, you will cause yourself to question. The Apostle Paul says they went out from us because they were not of us. If they were of us, they'd have never left us. I have no idea why people leaving us always causes us to question us. I don't mean to be critical and judgmental of them, but why do we always look internally at us? I've been told through the years this is the most loving church anybody's ever been to. I've been told by people this is the most unloving church they've ever been to. I'm smart enough to know we are neither. Some of the very ones that told me it's the most loving are the same ones that left and said it's the most unloving. What changed? Us, no, them. They picked up offenses. There were days my parents were the most loving parents in the whole world. There were some days my parents were the most unloving parents in the whole world. Number two, exercising and maintaining spiritual dominion. I'm... I'm, I was going to say I'm trying to just read and not comp- comment, but that's really not true, so I won't, I won't say that. As I've said, and some of these things are kind of reemphasizing that, the idea is not to have called a war every November. And that's the big focal point of spiritual warfare we have. The idea is to reach a place where these various things are all functioning on a regular basis consistent basis so exercising and maintaining spiritual dominion exercising spiritual dominion through prayer which utilizes the keys of the kingdom binding and loosing which is expected to accomplish the following a maintain liberty and dominion in praise and worship b maintain a regular flow of visitors sinners to services including the blessings of god upon the effectiveness of efforts made to reach the lost and c empowering and sustaining and anointing upon the entire body and praying people through to the baptism of the Holy Ghost that is accompanied and affirmed by seasons of the spontaneous outpouring of the Spirit upon the hungry. If you had, didn't quite notice it, those are basically the three elements Bishop has taught are things that we can look at to see the need for spiritual warfare in the church. Number three, emphasizing personal responsibility for the lost. Personal responsibility. Personal. We all have a responsibility to be involved with the loss. Reaching the loss is not supposed to be an organized ministry effort of the church. 
part of the reason we have organized ministry efforts is because we don't always do our job as personal soul winners. That's not the only reason, but that is part of the reason. Perpetuating an emphasis on the personal responsibility of every believer to be involved with the salvation of the lost. Additionally, stress must be put upon the importance of the fulfillment of that responsibility with respect to the salvation of each individual. Number four, providing training and opportunities for evangelism. Evangelism, Providing systematic training in reaching the lost better enables all believers to effectively witness to and or win souls. The minimum standard of personal involvement with souls is witnessing. However, the one talent individual who gives his or her talent to the exchanger has done only the, ob- the absolute minimum expected for the soul's salvation for that individual believer. It is considered here that the exchanger is the preacher. Additionally, the one talent person who simply invites sinners to church so that someone else can lead them to salvation has likewise only fulfilled the scriptural absolute minimum for their personal salvation. Therefore, Antioch regularly schedules, again, something here I, we, we got to do a better job on, regularly schedules formal soul-winning outreach efforts and evangelistic church service activities. These provide opportunities for all believers to witness, win souls, or at the very least invite people to organize evangelistic activities. Church services thus fulfilling their scripturally mandated responsibility towards the lost. Number five, promoting spiritual growth and unity through care ministry. Utilizing care ministry, small groups slash home groups, for the purpose of retaining and nurturing new converts and members. The care groups are led by those who are not involved in a pulpit ministry. This is the mother dimension of leadership. Care groups also build and strengthen the foundational relationship of the body of Christ, the horizontal relationships between individual believers loving those you can see. You can't love God whom you haven't seen if we don't love our brothers and sisters who we have seen. The care ministry also provides a vehicle structure that promotes love one for another that subsequently produces the unity of the body. Care ministry is the ministry of the body of Christ. In order to maintain the effectiveness of the care groups and preserve decency and order, concentrated efforts will be made to provide consistent ongoing training for all group leaders and ensured that regular oversight visits to the groups are conducted again Another area we are working on. Number six, recognizing and training of ministers. Identifying and training those called by God to the ministry. The father dimension of leadership will enable Antioch to realize its ultimate purpose. That being, that being to increase the number of campuses collectively thriving within the whole of the Antioch church body. And so fulfill the increased promise by God to Antioch. Consequently, the number of disciples will be multiplied as the word of God increases. This is the ministry to the body of Christ. As with care ministry, in order to maintain the effectiveness of the ministry associated with the individual campuses and to preserve decency and order, concentrated efforts will be made to provide consistent ongoing training of all campus leadership and ensure that, over, that regular oversight visits to each campus are conducted. We've got somewhere around 20 currently enrolled in our Antioch ministerial licensing uh, program. Those that are working for further developing and 
and uh, their ministry, and we are very excited about that. There are some, there is some awesome. I know some you can use potential, and it's a negative word, but in a very positive context, we have got some some huge potential in this church. We have got some awesome young people, young adults with the hand of God, the call of God on their lives. And I am, I am excited to see what God is going to do through them in the future. Number seven, faith in and faithfulness to the promises of God. Having strong faith regarding God's oath to bring about a worldwide end-time apostolic revival and harvest and being consistently guided in all decisions, directions by, his, by this faith with particular respect to the specific promises that have been made by God to Antioch, we submit to this most important underlying faith as the chief guiding principle of all that Antioch is and does. Furthermore, we practically express our faith in these promises of God by regularly giving to world missions as Antioch's financial priority. So these are seven things that, that state, that that establish what are some of the very fundamental things of who we are and what we do. And, and uh, I will share the remaining of this uh, part of this document that Bishop has written, says, with strong resolve, we of Antioch affirm that this DNA constitutes the principles that God has established as the foundational elements of who Antioch is in God. The application of any or all of these principles can and will vary from season to season. We have learned the importance of being rigid in principle but flexible in application. Therefore, leadership has the latitude to implement these principles as it sees fit during any specific season as long as this DNA constitutes the undergirding and guidance of all efforts. None of the above stated elements of Antioch's DNA is a direction, plan, or endeavor. Rather, they embody the collective fundamental foundation to all that Antioch is and does. Again, every plan, effort, direction, decision should be undergirded and guided by the principles contained in this DNA, and any such activity should always reinforce and complement them to the fullest. From the standpoint and context of Antioch, anything that contradicts, hinders, or varies from the above did not, does not originate from the Lord Jesus Christ. The neglecting of any or all of the above by leadership would constitute a failure on the part of leadership to be true to God's plan and purpose for Antioch. We, as the leadership of Antioch, should consistently examine ourselves, our priorities, and our efforts to know assuredly whether or not we are in harmony with, in support of, and working towards the maintenance and fulfillment of all of the above, both selectively and collectively. If human DNA is altered in any way from its original intent and design, it is termed a mutation, so it is with the spiritual DNA. If we deviate or compromise with respect to any or all of the above principles, and commitments, we will cease to be the Antioch that God has called us, that God has called and made us to be by God's mercy and grace we so affirm. Again, I, I, part of the reason I want to share that is to, to, it, to, to get across, to remind you that we're not doing what we do by random choice, by accident, but to the best of our ability, by God's design. Praise God. 
So I, I want to, uh, for a few more moments, kind of in connection with this and in uh, some degree of last week, I, I just want to share something for a little bit here that I feel like the Lord has laid on my heart. So continuing, and some of these things in this passage were, were uh, quoted or referred to throughout the, the stuff I just read. Ephesians chapter 4, verse number 11. And He gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and some teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Meaning God established these areas, these offices, to help us as saints reach the potential that we have in God. To become what God has called us to be. These are not things people are called to for the purpose of performance and entertainment. It's things they're called to for the purpose of perfecting the body. Till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie and wait to deceive. But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things which is the head even Christ. And verse number 16 is where I want to primarily draw your attention. From whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth, according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. Weiss New Testament says, verse 16 Speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things who is the head, Christ, from whom all the body constantly being joined closely together and constantly being knit together through every joint of supply according to the operative energy put forth to the capacity of each part makes for increased growth of the body resulting in the building up of itself in the sphere of, the, of love. It's not the main point I am getting at in this verse tonight, but I just want to point it out. Do you, do you notice what Paul says here? If the body is healthy, it does what? If the body's healthy, you don't have to manufacture growth. If the body is operating properly, it will grow, it will increase. It's easy sometimes to ignore getting to the heart of a matter and just try to find a quick fix. We, we don't want to change our eating habits and lifestyle. We just want a pill that'll... If the, body is, if the body is healthy and functioning, the body will grow. And then the New Living Translation says it this way, He makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. I got a bunch of good stuff from Barnes Notes on this verse that I was intending to read, but having just done all the reading I did, I'm, I'm basically going to not uh, take the time to do that. And again, if you want the notes, it'd, it'd be awesome, beneficial, bless, bless stuff that would bless you. 
So I'll just try to skip all that for right now for the sake of time. So we are, I know this is no new revelation, we are the body. I haven't been able to get away from a while, in my, at least in my subconscious mind, the, the, the word unity. I just I can't get away from it. I spent a lot of time on it last Thursday night when we were going through our guiding principles and, and in connection with a lot of this. We, we can't be a body without unity. And we are a body. Some of us want to, we, 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 want, we want our cake and eat it too. We want the blessings and benefits of church and Holy Ghost and whatever, but we don't really want to be real connected. We want our connection and association with the church to be, you know, okay, three services, let me slip in, slip out, get to heaven, but not have to be too, you know. We're a body. How many people have the Holy Ghost here tonight? Just, just I, I, if you need somebody to help you, get some help. But hold that hand up for a second. Look, look around for a moment. If you, I know you can do two things at once. I, I want you to see that. That is the majority of people here tonight have a hand up. You are, you are not first and foremost a member of Antioch Church. You are first and foremost a member of the body of Christ. And here's what we, you know why we don't, you know why most of us don't really believe we're the body of Christ? You can tell that by the way a lot of us act in church. We do nothing. If we could see our spiritual body the same way we see our natural body, we, we would be kind of functioning like this in church, trying to dance. One knee will work, but the other knee just makes up its mind. One hand's going to try to clap, but the other, I ain't moving. There's, there's a lot of other reasons why you ought to worship, but, but one of them is we're the body. It's a, it's a frustrating thing when you sit there with a leg crossed long enough and, 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 and before you realize that it's tingling and it won't move and you try to get up and, and you're, that, that's what we look like a lot of times at a, at a church service. If you could see it. I'm going to heaven, but I ain't doing nothing. I promise you, every time I come, I come with a made up mind to be sweet, gentle, and kind. And it doesn't work. We are the body. We are the body. We are all members of the body. When you got baptized and got the Holy Ghost, that wasn't the way to join the club. That was how you got in the body. So I, I know you know all that. And I, I mean, there's, if, if you know anything about New Testament, Paul, Paul's got a bunch of stuff about the body and all that. And I'm really not here to get into all of that part of it tonight. That there's something else that, that I want to just kind of get into out of that, and 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 again, I, I I'm I'm I can't get away from this unity thing. I know it gets tried and old, but we have to have unity. And I every time I hear the word, I don't know about you, but I sort of get this: oh, we need unity. We just uh, whatever. 
So, so here's something. So let me just let me just get there. Some of y'all, I need to. You you've maxed out. Here's the here's part of our challenge. We all live in a box. We all live in a box. Now the common thing now that we get out of the box. There, there's some degree of that that is that is whatever. But but at the same time we all live in a box. So if you will if you will bear with me for a few minutes the next few moments and let me just do it the best way I can I can kind of come up with with doing it. We we each have a box. So so you have a box. I have a box. This is also you, and that's me for you. You get that? So, so, and in the context of this tonight, you being in a box is not negative. We all live in a box. We all have this box we live in. That it's our comfort zone. And so here's here's the challenge. And again, I'm sure some of you, somebody else, probably has a much more, more brilliant way of doing this than I, but this is the best I came up with. So, so, so within that box, and I have no, by no means a, a, a conclusive whatever here, but, but in that box we have things like our, our style. In a lot of, so whether maybe it's your style of, there's some of you, if you walked in my house, you, you, you hopefully you have enough Christianity, you wouldn't say it, but you look around and go, oh my God, I would never do my house like this. I probably would walk in your house and think the same thing. So, so, so we, we have our, we have our, we have style. We have, we have personality. I have in my box my personality. You have in your box your personality. We, we've, we've got, uh, we've got perspective. You have your perspective. I have my perspective. We can, hear the same conversation and you think one thing, I think another thing. Our experiences, our background, our upbringing affects our perspective. We, we have, uh, we have our values. Hopefully our values are controlled or affected by the word of God, but in our, each of our own box, we have our own values. So what my values are and your values may not be the same thing or there may be things more valuable to me that are less valuable to you. We, we've, and I just tried to think of several things off the top of my head. I'm, this isn't conclusive. This is just, we, we have our interests. Some of you are interested in sports. Some of you aren't. Some of you are interested in history. Some of us aren't. You, you, some of you got, we, we have our interests. We have, uh, we have hobbies. We have um, we have our philosophy of life and ministry. I want to I want to I want to keep that one right there for a minute. We each have our philosophy of life and ministry, and then what we also have is we have convictions. So so here's the problem. One thing is, we must not equate our views with doctrines of the Word of God. See, sometimes we have our own philosophy of life, and particularly ministry, and we get, we get, we, we, we get messed up thinking our philosophy of ministry is everybody's. Or should be. 
See, the, the problem is, is inside your box, you got all this stuff and all the other stuff that's there. And so the problem is we're supposed to be the same body, but the stuff that's in our box is different. And, and, and so I'm usually not comfortable with what's in your box. And you're usually not comfortable with what's in mine. And so two people with different personalities get together and they butt heads. Rather than realizing if you got people with two different personalities, you can produce a really great team if you can work together. So, so convictions, and, and I'm using conviction in the context, so let me use two words here, and I'm trying to hurry up. I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to hurry up. Thank all three of you that said it's all right. Appreciate it. So, so there's doctrine, and, and I'm not giving you some Greek definition. I'm telling you in the context of this tonight right now. By doctrine, what I mean is those principles of the Word of God that are absolutely clearly established. For example, one God is, is a doctrine. Baptism in Jesus' name is a doctrine. Infilling of the Holy Ghost, evidence of speaking in tongues is a doctrine. Heaven and hell is a doctrine. Those, those are things that are clearly established. There are some things that are doctrine when it comes to, to, to separation of the sexes. There are things that are some doctrines that apply to our lifestyle, our conduct. But then out of doctrine, we can form our convictions. See, doctrine ought to be the same, but our convictions may fluctuate and vary from one to the other. And part of the problem is when we confuse our own convictions with doctrine. Because when we confuse our own convictions with doctrine and you don't fit my convictions, you are violating doctrine and I get offended when all you're really doing is violating my conviction and that's my box. I've never said this publicly before. Uh, my wife's the only one that I've ever expressed it to. I, I th I've thought about this all day and thinking of an example for tonight and, 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 and I, uh, I, I, I think I could use it in this context. I have, I think I can use it in, as, in the context of a conviction. I have a personal conviction that in the family room of my house, the primary sitting gathering place for my family or guests, that I will not have a TV in that room. That is my personal conviction. I don't want the focal point of the main part of the, of the, of the fellowshipping and gathering of my house to have that distraction. That is my personal conviction. If I come to your house and you've got the biggest screen in the world in the middle of your family room, I ain't leaving. In fact, I hope there's a good game on and we can... That's my... I've been to a bunch of your houses. You've got one in your main sitting living area and you've got your furniture set up facing it. That's fine. That's, but for me, I have a personal conviction. That's not a doctrine. So for me to judge you because you don't share a conviction I share, that's my box. I got some things in my box and it's okay, they're not wrong, but you may not be that way in your box. And for the sake of the unity and the fact that we're a body, we've got to understand it's okay for you in your box to be different than me in my box. And Jude says this, 
Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints, not for your convictions or your ideals or your philosophies, but for the doctrines from the word of God that have been delivered to us. There is a problem when we start getting in contention with each other over stuff that's not doctrine. It's just the way it is in our box. There's a few of you saying right now, well, there's some stuff you say is doctrine that I think is just conviction. I'll let you and Jesus settle that out. Let's come, let me come back to this one. And I realize philosophy can have a a humanistic whatever context. I don't mean it that way. It's just the best word I can figure out. If you've got a better word, so be it. But it's the best word. Your thought, your concepts, your, the way you do something. <laughs> there are things that are, I'm sorry, they're your philosophy of ministry. Your philosophy of ministry. And if others don't do it the same way you do it, it's not wrong. In the words of Eggerson Emmerich from uh, Love and Respect, it's just different, not wrong. <laughs> one of the challenges, but also one of the blessings of a God-ordained marriage is you got two people with their own boxes. And inside that box, they got all their own stuff. And part of the challenge of marriage is once the honeymoon wears off and you're now stuck with each other, the real you comes out. I was I was listening, uh, I, I was I was listening to Doctor Hughes today. He was just recently preached at Brother Nichols in Louisville, and I was listening. To some of the he said he mentioned this last year when he taught. He'll be back for our marriage seminar again this year in March. Uh, it's on the church calendar. You need to check it out. If you're married, you need to be there. You will absolutely be be blessed and benefited by it. But but he talked about how that you know when you're dating and. You know, you ladies find a guy and he's the strong, silent type and all that. You're just, it's all so wonderful and great. And then you get married and you're upset because he never talks. He's always quiet. What originally drew you to him now becomes a thorn in your side. And one of the challenges of marriage is figuring out how do we mesh who we are. And you can bring your strengths and, and help where I'm weak, and I can bring my strengths and help with your weak, rather than us competing and conflicting with each other. We, we have, it, it, there, there, there is, there's probably 15 to 20 different ideas of how we should have church here tonight. The problem is every one of you think your way is the right way. And what's, what's really sad is when you prove to everybody you have a different way and demonstrate by your lack of participation in somebody else's way. There are some things that are absolutes, but there are some things that are just a result of the things that have influenced me, my perspective, my way. The 
problem is when we let things that are just what we are in our box cause us to judge others and criticize others. It's not about all of us becoming the same. I mean, we, this, this looks completely different than this. This is totally different than this. This has parts to it that this doesn't have. If everything up here was this with strings, it ain't nothing like a good bass thumping away. I know some of you is too loud for me. It ain't never loud enough. All of you that think sound at Antioch is loud, let's go on a field trip. Please go on a field trip with me. I will take you to some places that will cause you to come back and thank our media ministry for the great job they do. When all of these get in and in, in doing their part at the right time, it produces something beautiful. Why can we understand that about an orchestra or musicians and instruments? And yet somehow when it comes to who we are and what we are, we're trying to get everybody to be just like us. We don't need another David Wright to do what I do. We don't need another Bishop Wright to do what he does. We, we, we need an Ian Glass. We need a brother Bond. We need a brother Brian. We need people that can be who they are. Well, I think we ought to sing this style. That's your philosophy. Sorry, it's your philosophy. And you have a right to have it. I'm a blessed individual. You, most of you know this. I've said it many times. But I am extremely blessed because I like it all. Some of you like contemporary Christian, can't stand anything else. Some of you like southern gospel, can't stand black gospel. Some of you like black gospel, anything else is just drives you crazy. They don't do it anymore, but most of the, most of my teenage years, Friday, not Saturday night, starting at nine o'clock, 95.1, what was WRBS then, not Shine FM, was Country Church, nine to 10 p.m., Friday nights, and I got it all. I woke up Sunday morning, put it on 88.9 WEAA, Gospel Grace. See, some of y'all came alive on Sunday morning. You was, you was trying to stop that head wagon on Sunday night, Saturday night. Oh. Not everybody's like me. I mean it. I like it all. Sirius XM, the message, praise, enlighten, right there. I'm back and forth. I listen to all the, all the most of the contemporary stuff and enjoy that. I pick some stuff sometimes that some of my kids' favorites. Enjoy listening to that. I'm now experiencing the same thing my parents experienced. There is some stuff that's just... But you know what? That's my philosophy. And as a parent, I do great damage if it's just my philosophy. 
I don't like that style, and just because I don't like that style and that's the only reason you're not listening. No, there's got to be a little more than that. Sorry. If it's outside my box, that doesn't mean it's wrong. Said it to you a little while back, a couple years ago, maybe it's been a year or two at least now. Minister came through this church. Had all kind of people up. Well, I was watching you, Pastor. I was watching you. I was watching you. Well, you should have been worshiping and praising and instead of watching me. I was watching you. You were, and the reason you were watching me and, and whatever you were picking up is because I was sitting there telling myself, it's not in your box. That's okay. Because a lot of times, and I, I, I tend to be a pretty conservative guy. It's just that, That's my nature. In all areas of life, I'm pretty conservative. So it doesn't take much to get uncomfortable with something because it's outside of my box. But just because it's outside of my box, but it's your box, doesn't make me right and you wrong. And the only way, I, I, I'm not here trying to psychology whatever to you tonight, and if that's, I, I didn't get this out of a book, I didn't pull this off the internet, just sharing with you what I felt like the Holy Ghost gave it to me and how He gave it to me. But if we don't somehow get this, we can never truly become what God wants us to be. We spend a lot of time, I'm sorry, but you admit it or not, but we spend a lot of time comparing ourselves among ourselves, judging ourselves by ourselves. Scripture says flat out, that's not wise. Maybe you've got a great worship team on Sunday mornings where you go to church. You think they're better than everybody else's. Don't go sit on Sunday night and sit. Maybe you think yours is the worst and you can't wait to get till Sunday night. Don't come shout yourself, hair all down, suit all messed up on Sunday night, and sit like a bump on a log on Sunday morning. See, here's the problem. I'm, I'm, I'm quitting. I'm quitting. The other problem is, is when we, is when you as an individual somehow feel pressure to become somebody else that you're not. And sometimes there are things that get said, and if we're not careful, we think what's being said is, you better be this and do this. And <laughs> Some of you just started preaching, and you're trying to, you try to preach the way Bishop does now. I won't put, I won't put Mother Wright on the spot Bishop, he, he does that, but I'm, I'm the son, and I, I try to stay in good graces. So, I'll, But if he was here, I'd, I'd ask him. I got a feeling. I may be wrong, but I got a feeling 
the first years of his ministry, he probably didn't do things the same way he does now. I got a feeling there's probably a little more notes that helped in the beginning. Some of you get up, well, I'm just going to flow. because the. Let me tell you something. It's taken 40 plus years of him to learn to flow the way he flows. And if you take it, hopefully you're smart enough not to, but if you take that so far as to mean, well, it's my turn to preach and I'm just going to get up there and it's going to flow, that's not... I don't write my messages, never have, don't intend to start. It would save me some embarrassment from time to time, but that's not what it's about. You know what, I, I, I got notes. To me, part of flowing is, this is what I felt like God gave me. And, in, and, 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 and if this is what I felt like God gave me, I'm not going to be locked in if He chooses to go a different direction. But neither am I just going to stand up there and just wait to flow. don't really have nothing, I'm just going to flow. David said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine to defy the armies of the living God? He was willing to go out and fight. And Saul says, here, you're going to go take my armor. Take my sword. Take my, take my stuff. And David tried to put it on and started to go. But he stopped. And he realized, you know what? That may work for Saul. But I'm not Saul. And one day I may know how to use what Saul uses. But right now all I've got is a sling and a stone. Some of you want to wield a sword and all you know how to use is a sling and a stone. If at the, if at the season you're in, if at the season you're in, all you know how to do is use a sling and a stone, that's okay. If it was good enough for a lion and a bear, it's good enough for Goliath. We are one body. Fitly. I, I, I wish I could have, I wish I'd had time to get into some of what that means. Fitly joined and compacted and we're all connected. And, and we're, we're, you, know what, you know what's amazing to me is the people that I consider the, my best friends in life are not... They're they're not exactly like me. They have a lot of different interests and likes than I have. Some of the people I would consider to be my best friends are not big athletes. They're not big sports fans. We see things different. We we look at things different, and that's what makes it so wonderful. My wife and I are very different, and and, and it's taken a lot of years to learn how to work together to complement each other. But the more we do that, the more wonderful it is. Because she's got a lot of abilities and talents that I don't have. And I've got some things that she doesn't have. So rather than me trying to get her to become me. What we need to figure out is how I can be me, you can be you, and we can work together. Stand if you would, please.
Father, I'm asking you to help us tonight. I believe we are positioned at a very significant, important time. Great potential, God, for the days and months, years that lie ahead. We are a body. We're not individual performers. We're not individuals called to do our own thing our own way, but we've been called to be a body that works together in coordination. God, you've put us together, each of us being different. We may have similarities in various areas with others, but there are no two of us that are exactly alike. But God, rather than that being a source of division and contention, I pray that by your grace you would help us as a body to turn that around and let it be a great thing as we learn how to work together and allow you to fit us together, fitly framed together as a body. One joint supplying to the other what is needed. And as we all do that and as we grow together and as the body is strengthened, the natural result is going to be growth. It won't have to be something we have to manufacture or produce. God, you will produce it automatically. Help us tonight. God, I pray you would help some folks tonight, maybe that have been struggling with who they are, what they are, and the pressure of trying to be something else, do something else, be somebody else, that you would give every individual in this place tonight the grace to be who you've called us to be, what you've called us to be, to do what you've called us to do the way you've called us to do it, not trying to repeat or copy or mimic somebody else, God, but allowing you to use us in the way you desire. Help us tonight. I pray, God, that you would revive and renew and strengthen a spirit of unity in Antioch, Lord, throughout every ministry, every congregation, throughout leadership, throughout every member, God. I pray that you would make us one, God, in you, in your body. In the name of Jesus Christ, by your grace, by your help, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. If you did offer to help out with the chairs and the tables and the fellowship hall, if you would please uh, make your way down there in a moment and help them, that would be greatly appreciated.